Hello and welcome to Tape Notes, the podcast that looks behind the scenes at the magic of recording and producing music. Every episode we'll be reuniting an artist and producer and talking through some of the highlights from their collaboration in the studio. So join us as we lift the lid on the creative process and the inner workings of music production to see what lies beneath. Hello, I'm John Kennedy, and joining me for this episode of Tape Notes is Dodie with producer Joe Rubel to talk about how they wrote, recorded, and produced the album Build a Problem. Dorothy Clark, otherwise known as Dodie, is a singer-songwriter from Essex, England. Dodie rose to prominence on YouTube with her channel Doddle Oddle, where she regularly posted vlogs, piano and ukulele covers, as well as original songs, all recorded in her bedroom. From there, she has amassed a dedicated following of almost 2 million subscribers and rising. Having become an online sensation by her late teens, in 2016 she released her debut EP, Intertwined. The EP leapt into the top 40 of the UK charts and reached number one on the US Heat Seekers chart, leading to tours performing alongside Orla Gartland and Rusty Clanton. Her popularity has also seen her perform sell-out shows across the globe, as well as collaborate with other artists including Tom Walker, Jacob Collier and Lewis Watson. Dodie's sound has continued to develop over time, exploring increasingly adventurous production as well as more personal and vulnerable topics. Her debut album, Build a Problem, is the culmination of her musical journey so far, ranging from the simplicity of her bedroom recordings to scoring for orchestra in a true showcase of her musical talents. After several pushbacks due to the pandemic, it was finally released in May 2021, reaching number three in the UK. Joe Rubel is a Grammy Award-winning producer, writer and engineer. Joe's path into the world of music began while studying music and sound recording at the University of Surrey, during which he took on work at Phoenix Sound in Pinewood Studios. Having sharpened his teeth at Phoenix, recording anything from rock and jazz to 40-piece string sections, as well as his own music projects, Joe rapidly built himself a reputation as a versatile engineer, which led to him being recruited to work on Ed Sheeran's 2017 global hit album, Divide. From setting up Ed's first home studio, engineering throughout the entire process, and preparing sessions for legendary mixer Spike Stent, the project catapulted Joe into the sights of the world's best. Alongside his skills as an engineer, Joe has also taken on a variety of writing and production-based projects, ranging from Ed's 2019 album, Number 6 Collaborations Project, to Tom Grennan, Ward Thomas, Freya Ridings, and most recently, Maisie Peters and Dodie. Today, I join Dodie and Joe at Pixel Studios in Tile Yard, North London. And what better way to start our conversation than by hearing something from the record? This is Cool Girl. I carry the time we don't talk in a backpack Leave it on the side with the noise you didn't call me back And all the ideas and the hope I'd never I'll throw them away, it's okay, without a second Got a swore I wouldn't play the angel game Yeah, I watched you ask for your lovers Rolling your eyes to the backs of your heads Surely you know to close them instead Cool girl, we'll be different I'll be quiet, oh so easy it is Cool Girl by Dodie from the album Build a Problem, and I'm very pleased to say that I am sat in the studio that that song was recorded in, Pixel Studios at Tile Yard near King's Cross, with Joe Rubel, Hello. who produced it, and Dodie. Hello. Hello. 
Thanks Hello. for having us. Thanks for inviting us in here. It's amazing. I love the studio, Joe. It looks really homely, I think, with all this great reclaimed wood that you've got so much equipment oh, thank you. balanced on. I'm just looking at this bank of keyboards on drawers <laughs> that you can... It's, it's all very well put together, thank I must you. say. And so in terms of the album, you recorded in here, you wrote in here. What was the... Uh, most was done here. Yeah, recording, I think. Yeah. I would. What well, The usual process would be I would make a demo in my room and make it the best that I could and then bring it to Joe, who would yeah. add all of his depth and really bring it to life Yeah, yeah. in this cosy room. <laughs> and what level do you work your demos to? No, is um, it just a phone very... recording or are you multi-tracking things? Kind of a mixture, really. Um, so, I yeah. guess we might be hearing some of those. Maybe. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. There's a lot of voice memos. There's a lot of like logic sessions, but very basic, like one takes and that kind of thing. But yeah. there's always something quite nice about those. We actually went back on a few songs and went into Dodie's room and recorded the vocals there because it yes. was like... It wasn't right doing it here. It's kind mm. of a weird thing to say, but it wasn't doing it right. And there's also somewhere I had not be there to do it mm. because it wasn't right either. Yeah. So, it's a yeah. big old scrapbook. It's a massive recording, but it works really well, I think. Yeah, definitely. As we can hear throughout the course of this episode. <laughs> um, so the first song we're going to listen to and uh, talk about is Special Girl. And we're going to hear the mastered version of Special Girl now. And then and then we're going to take it apart back to those demos, I think, Dodie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, there are a few, um, yeah, it came in stages. Iterations. Yes. 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 It's not my fault I was raised by open mouths and teary eyes Passive wistful lullabies I found my worth in this world By proving I'm a special girl Time and time again Sweet, sweet irony Could not care less if you love me But hate me first, yet make me work That's perfect Baby, I'm a funny thing I'm walking if it doesn't sting A heartbreak only means that it was worth it Oh, I think I was doomed before I began. So that is Special Girl, the mastered version from Build a Problem. And I'm so pleased that we're starting with this song because it's such a rich song to dig into. There's so much going on musically in it. And we've already heard just in that little snippet, we heard what, what, what instrument was that? That kind of soared a little bit. The clarinet? Yeah, it yeah. sounded so beautiful, I think. And it's a really nice surprise because the track's about five tracks in on the record. Yeah, I think um, so. And it, it seems to have the full palette of everything that mm. you have on the album mm. is in this one song. So it's a nice one to start with first. Yeah. But at the same time, it has those elements that we hear in something like Cool Girl. It's, you know, it's more of a, a pop song. And yet there's all this other stuff going on too. So how did it start? Well... It's a song that I think I've always wanted to make, just like a fun vibe. Like we've always done sort of like vibe takes of songs where, um, yeah, we'll just leave it running and do like gang vocals or like laughing and clapping and that kind of thing. And I feel like Special Girl is the big mess that I really, I really wanted in the song. <laughs> um, it started with, I have a friend called Matt, who's a drummer, Matt Swales, and he plays in a Simon and Garfunkel kind of tribute show. And he taught me this rhythm that's in a Paul Simon song. He calls it the Mozambique. And um, I learned it on tour and spent many green rooms just like... And I was like, that's so cool. I'm going to steal that and write a song to it. So I did. Um, Just in my room at first. And then I went to San Francisco and recorded a more fleshed out version with a band called Pomplamoose. 
and they added a lot of vibe and this like bassy piano type thing and then brought it to Joe who just brought it to life even more and what did we do? We added so much we stuff. We did. Well, this was one of the Rack 2 songs. Yeah. That was the one, what we didn't get to, but the outro is just a big kind it's of crazy. party. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully we will hear some yeah. of that. But when you went to San Francisco to record the Pumplemousse, was that specifically to do that? Or did you just happen to be in San Francisco? Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I tried out some sessions with them. Yeah. I love them as a band. They're so cool. I knew I wanted it to be very kind of organic like there is like the clarinet there's lots of pats and claps and clicks and um yeah like even that bass like i said we call it the piano bass we i think we stuck like some rubber onto the strings so when we played it it kind of sounded like a big double bass type thing um yeah i always wanted it to be a kind of big scrapbook mess of of sounds yeah, yeah. and yet it's so well balanced as well because that rhythm is so gentle yeah. and you know to get that balance right i think must have been quite tricky Mm. Um, because it is such a fascinating rhythm, mm. for want of a better phrase. But it, it's it, not mine. It, 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 <laughs> it is now. But I mean, we said that a lot of the um, album was recorded here in Pixel, but yes. you've already indicated, Joe, that you, know, you went to other places to yeah, well, achieve certain things. Yeah, so Dodie's drummer, Ross, plays on half of the record. Yeah, I think so. I think. I so times. like a lot of it was, we'd spent, I think, three or four days at Rack Studio 2, and we did lots of stuff with Ross in there. And some of it for some songs would just be sort of textures that we'd put in, kind of mess with. And and others would be like this one, there's like more specific parts. Mm. By the end of this particular song, like Dodie's playing drums. And then you've got them just kind of wilding out and laughing. And yeah. Like it just kind of adds to the sort of special kind of the end. The, yeah. The there's like chaos. that rhythm that goes. Yeah. Which is, um, yeah, you describe it. I don't even know so how. drumming on a window. <laughs> yeah. You Should like I play tape? it? Yeah. Well, well, should we look at this in order? Should we go oh, from yeah. demo through to the window? Yeah, yeah let's absolutely. go for it. Okay. Um, so you said you, in effect, did two demos. So you did one at home. Yes. I don't know where the Pomplumus demo is. Right. <laughs> I can't seem to find that. But I can play you the earliest demo that I have of it, which, to be honest, kind of probably sounds quite similar to what you've heard because the stuff really kicks in at the end. But I'll play you my, my bedroom demo. So how many tracks are on that percussion? Two, I think. Yeah, I think it's just my pats and clicks. And then that bass is just a MIDI Somewhere plug-in of a double bass. Yeah. It's double track pats and double track claps. Yes, I think like panned. Passive wishful lullabies I found my worth in this world By proving I'm a special girl time And then my voice and harmonies. But the pats and the claps are you patting your knees yes. and you clapping your hands. Yes, just a yeah. mic aimed yeah. at my thighs. Baby, I'm a funny thing. I'm walking if it doesn't sing. And that's my clarinet, yes. Right. I didn't realise how perfect it was for the parts I wanted to add. Mm. I instinctively always add my voice and then I was like, oh, I can always use another instrument, which sounds pretty similar to a voice, but just adds that reedy <laughs> texture. Yeah. Was clarinet your first instrument? Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, technically, recorder was because I didn't have my two front teeth yet. But then it was clarinet. Yeah. This is a salt. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's it. I hadn't written a second <laughs> verse yet. <laughs> It's great though. I mean, the bass sounds great too, doesn't Thanks. it? It's literally just a MIDI plugin. Yeah. yeah. 
Very useful. Oh, there we go. That's I it. think, yeah, this is what I used to write to. I just kept it going and then went on walks with this in my head, just trying to think of words to add. Yeah. And yeah. you're saying that this is called a Mozambique rhythm? I think so. Used by Paul Simon? I think so. Yeah. Apparently he went travelling a lot and um, yeah. and was inspired by um, yeah. yeah world music. Yeah, well, he's got a number of albums, uh, mm. like Graceland and Rhythm of the Saints, mm -hmm. and yes. yeah, yeah, illustrate that. There's a song called, is it early in the evening or late in the morning? I can't remember, but can't remember that's either. the rhythm that's... that it's on. Yeah. It goes... It's a lot faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Mm. I love this and uh, the way it built up. So really, you know, this song began with the idea of, of using that rhythm in some way mm -hmm. and then constructing everything else around that in mm. a way. You know, so the whole special girl concept or, or the, the revelations you give us in special girl, you know, that's just kind of... That just happened later. Yeah, I think it, because it sounds so jamming. I like the idea of it being like, I don't know, someone walking down the streets with sunglasses being like, oh, I'm fucked up, but so what? You know? <laughs> I think it's so funny to have this like vibe of like, yeah, I've got trauma. Everyone does. It makes me love weird. Oh, well, you know, it's an attitude I take sometimes. And then obviously I indulge in in a darker feeling. <laughs> we'll get to that. But um, yeah, Special Go is definitely a lighter moment of, of sort of laughing it off. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, from that demo, you worked with Pamplemousse, um, mm -hmm. which we won't be able to hear, but then you took those to Joe. Yes. And in your mind, because we will get to the big finale, mm -hmm. um, in your mind, it, was there always going to be a big build-up? Yes, I think so. I just wanted to have layers and layers of sound and fun. I can't even remember what I'm referencing, but I know that I listen to albums where you could kind of hear chatter and yeah. and like they've clearly just left the track running for a while and layered on. Yeah, there was like a moment when we were doing all of the bits on it where it kind of was like, oh, that's it. Yeah. But like, I remember feeling quite lost with this song for a bit. Really? Like, yeah, I probably didn't tell you, did I? I think it was great from the very beginning. It was always I had, always really good, I, but it was we something... We struggled that... with the piano bass. I don't know why. I think because yeah. it was such a muddy sound, it felt really... Yeah, I the think note felt unclear sort of, to me. We, um, yeah, we bolstered that with a few things. Because I liked the like hard-hit percussion of the piano bass. <laughs> yeah. But then when we added like a softer one, I, yeah, I was missing the like clunks of the yeah. hammers going... Yeah, I think it's a combination of a few things mm -hmm. there. Mm-hmm. It's just basically problem solving. Yes. Isn't it? Me barking. Consistent. <laughs> I keep barking. saying that, but I do. I bark at you. I'm like, doesn't sound right. Don't like <laughs> that. Don't like it. You'll be like, I'm just going to try something. I'm like, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we should start hearing how it developed. Sure. So in our minds, I'm thinking that we should all have the percussion track just kind of going on as, as we hear about how it developed. So we're all going to think about the Mozambique rhythm. Yes. Just yes. continuing underneath this conversation. <laughs> cool. Well, hang on. Where should you go from? I reckon second verse? Yeah. Oh, wow. So that um, is, um, we were working with an engineer called Matt Glasby and he, I said I wanted to record Dodie hitting the, she was playing drums on the window this in big, rap like, too. big like sheet of glass. Yeah. yeah. And it sounded really cool. And I was like, I want to record that. And he sort of like, looked like he was having a migraine <laughs> and then disappeared for about like 10 minutes and then came back and put PAs I'm going to get this wrong piezo microphones contact microphones basically either side he just duct taped then, it on didn't he yeah literally just like yeah. and then somehow and is this a window that looks out to the outside world or is it a sheet of glass that happens to be goes within? over it's like over it's, the studio yeah, yeah so the control room is above the studio so you can look down on it so I think 
started just watching Russ play drums and, and <laughs> right. Oh, so this on. is That's at Rack. Then. Yes. So yeah, yeah. Rack. Um, people can look up this online and see yeah. photographs of it. So, no, uh, <laughs> there is a video. A, a big it, building yeah. with lots of different studios yes. or rooms in it, and yeah, that has, it's quite classic in that sense of you know rooms overlooking rooms, mm. you know control rooms, and mm. so you get that idea that yeah, I can see that now. Yeah, the way I communicate to Russ on what to play is literally by pretend playing. I, I don't have words to describe what I want, so I usually just go. <laughs> And like use my body, so I was probably banging on the glass, and Joe was like, "Oh, that sounds pretty good." <laughs> yeah. So you, this is the thirty playing the window, and then you've got Ross. That's so good. It does. It's like the perfect slap. We've well, got Ross. Ross is doing Adam's kind of like flams. A, some kick stuff. Nobody objected to banging on the window. No, they so couldn't. You might break that. Nobody was in there. <laughs> realizing. Also, it's very soft. It sounds quite big now, but it's actually like you know, just slap it. Yeah, yeah, it's quite. Um, it wasn't going to break anything. No. Yeah, but yeah, then you get sort of got that that comes in. Could not care less if you love me, but hate me first and make me work. That's perfect. Which is kind of Ross playing sticks and really screwed up, and then you've got. Yeah. I was doomed before. Lots of different counter rhythms. I love it. Oh, it's so fun. I just know the way that I am. <laughs> oh yeah, this is when I'm like walking around alone. Yeah, yeah. So there's lots of drums going on there, but then I also got lots of takes of Dodi walking around the room at Rack singing that hook over and over and over and over again. So you've got this kind of fading. Proving I'm a special girl, proving How many tracks are there of the vocal? That is eight. Eight. And are some of those doubled up? How many different lines have you got going on? I think there's four of the main special girl line. Mm. And then there's two of each other part. And so I think there's three parts. Yeah, the main the harmony and then the canter. Yeah, and then there's just like loads and loads of Dodie and Ross just kind of Jam. playing. <laughs> You've got like... <laughs> Sounds so weak. <laughs> <laughs> it works though. Oh, that's Russ. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all these bits. I cut these out. So Some laughs. It's great, though, because it really does have a, a kind of group feel, a whole load of people having a lot of fun in the studio, and yet actually it's just two or three of you yeah. just kind of going through mm. things again and again, mm. but having a lot of fun at the same time, obviously, yeah. but yeah. not the kind of big party scene no. that we kind of get an impression of. Kind of get, yeah. Yeah. We did it. Did it. <laughs> yeah, we filled us all. Yeah. I mean, it felt like that. It felt like a big party. I think it was enough to, to yeah. have that vibe. When I say I cut them out, it was more, that was in the middle of takes of yeah. things that I wanted to be yeah. in there. But so. usually after something went wrong. Yeah, so I'm I sure take there that, are mistakes make in a there. loop of something else. Yeah. And kind of, but know. also, I mean, they're there still. 
as potential bits that you yeah. might have used, mm. but um, Absolutely, you don't yeah. over-egg it, you know. <laughs> no, yeah. no, exactly, yeah. yeah. It's great hearing all those individual parts. And you make it seem so simple. I mean, that must have taken quite a few hours to get all of those things down. Yeah, no? mm, yeah they were just <laughs> layers, mm. layers and layers. Um, yeah. To be fair, we did most of the work on this song in rack. Mm. I can't remember there being much that we did here. No. Maybe the odd like vocal thing or something. Yeah. We redid the vocals because we were using my demo yeah, ones did, for yeah, a while. Yeah. And then I realised I didn't like them. Yeah. <laughs> and they sound much better now. Yes. Right. Yeah. But in terms of the actual lyric, mm-hmm. you'd worked that out fully before you got to this stage. Yes. So yes. you had carried on on your journey yes, listening did, to the yeah. percussion. And, yeah, and I really, oh, I love writing very rhythmically. There's a band called Everything Everything and they write very rhythmically. Mm. Like they just use their words and I don't even know what they're saying half the time, but it's like another instrument to be like, so I'm really inspired by them. And there's a line where I go, talk and tap to find a crack prize open till my nails turn black. And there's lots of like, so it kind of like fits into the song. like Yeah, sounds great. There's some, pearls in there though you know mm. some real words of wisdom the one about heartbreak only means that it was worth it you yeah know? is that taken from so i mean I, it really struck me that's deep that's so deep oh, god so dramatic yeah i don't know <laughs> i think it's good <laughs> it's so dramatic it's taken from my i don't know yeah i think i went through a phase where i threw myself into life and i was like oh pain is only worth it i think probably because I've had a lot of depression in my life and, and heartbreak kind of feels like the opposite. It's like very sharp and feelable. And I was I think I was almost addicted to it. So yeah, I sort of fought for that narrative. Heartbreak only means it was worth it, you know. At least I can make something out of it. At least it's something that happened, something I can feel. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of truth in that. Mm. It's good advice, especially for those who are heartbroken. Yeah. Say, no, that means it was worth it. It was worthwhile. (laughs) No, I think a lot of people will be picking up on that and using that to... I don't know if that's good or bad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm saying it's a good thing. Okay, good. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, you make it all seem so casual. And as you were saying about your goal was to have a kind of fun song that might be dealing with some serious issues, but it still feels bright and uplifting as mm-hmm. well you know, mm-hmm. which is a, a neat trick to pull off and at the same time actually have lots of fun yeah which you were you yeah know? yeah yeah i really enjoy that like writing songs about intricate topics and yeah either having the mood match completely or not at all <laughs> yeah it's really fun mm. excellent um so is there anything else we should hear about special girl before we move on are there any other elements that you need to highlight or should be highlighted gosh i don't know i just love it I love all the clarinets, I love the voices, I love the, the sticks and the slaps and the cracks and the laughs. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, these so days, fun. sometimes when I'm listening to things, you know, there are so many different ways of achieving sounds. You know, say if we take a clarinet as an example, you know, so many different keyboard treatments that you can use to to achieve a sound like that. Yeah. And I, I find myself kind of constantly questioning, oh, what is that instrument? Yeah. Because I just don't know. My, <laughs> so my initial funny. guess yeah. it cannot often my, be so wrong. My flatmates, so it, yeah, they came into my room and I was playing my clarinet. My friend said, like, this is such an odd thing to say, but my initial reaction was to say like, oh, that's such a good plug-in. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so real and organic, but it is real. It's right yeah. in front of you. Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting, isn't it, also because um, to a certain extent, you know, when we think of artists... We don't necessarily know all the different skills that they have. We wouldn't necessarily think, oh, yeah, Dodie, she's the one who rocks the clarinet. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. And yet people have yeah. rich backgrounds like and experience. The interesting thing with the clarinet 
on this record is well what we would usually do with a synth or like mm. make a moment out of something whatever and we kind of use a clarinet in that way mm. because that's the way Dodie can express mm. what she wants to hear and I think in like at the beginning of our sort of working relationship it was like oh yeah we can use this but we'll replace it and we're like oh actually no it's kind of neat yeah. and a lot of the times you might not be able to tell it's a clarinet as well there's like little moments where it's been so screwed up and mm. processed mm. that you can't tell it's that but super synthy yeah yeah but at the same time it is something that you can just pick up and use yeah and, and yeah. it's done yeah I had to convince Dodie to bring her clarinet to the studio the first time we did it really? I don't know if you'd be able to remember that I don't remember I think it was when we were doing Monster maybe oh you were getting it fixed I think oh like, yeah. I've got to go pick it up I was like you bring your clarinet to the studio I was like I don't know oh god and then we that's did it. so funny yeah thanks for pushing Dodie, you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> maybe we could build the song up through the parts that would be really interesting. Yeah, sure. I'll go from verse two. I think we kind of sort of played it already, but you've got this window, window drums thing comes in with Dode's original sort of clap pattern and the shaker. You get that little tap thing as well. I've got something called mouth percussion here. What's this? Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that, you've got these all the bass layers. So there's a. This came from Pompomus, which is. Yeah, you can hear the, the hammer of the piano. And then these are all the bits that we sort of added on top. So we've got your U bass, though. Oh, yeah. That adds like such a subbiness. I can hear my voice so loud, I never noticed that. Well, the... And then there's some live drums on top of there. And then there's this drone, I don't know where this came from, does. Oh yeah, this. we needed something to like wash over into the second verse, yeah. do you remember? And I have no idea what that is. You've got your, your focus on top. Clarinet comes in soon, right? You've got the clarinet that comes in halfway through the first. There's no, um, there's no guitars or bukes in this. Wow. There's, there's like some building, you know, when I do the sort of tremolo. Oh, yeah, the flutter <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Oh, I love that drop. Yeah, I think the flutter. use come in here, the sort of like wash of tension. Wow, coming in now. Oh yeah. Kind of it. Yeah. Oh, that like is what Pompidou added. It's a um a bow on the on a guitar. Oh, this guy. So cool. Yeah, really cool. 
I love that distance. Yeah, there's kind of like peekinging parts that we like played around with. The clarinet, then there's like some kind of plucked thing. Dum, 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 dum. Yeah. It's great though because by the end of it you have this, you know, especially now you've explained some of it. You know, I'm now picturing multiples of you all. Mm. You no, know, so there's the Dodi clarinet section there, kind of jamming away, yeah. and then you know, me on the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the window, <laughs> and then, yeah, just dozens of you. Yeah, creating that effect. Yeah, it's got to be if, if there's a video of it. You no, know, it's got to be multiple, multiple yeah. years. Yeah, I always wanted it to be like. A kind of hot mess because that's what the song is really just a hot mess <laughs> it's kind of like the some of the clarinet chords and things are going and some of the vocal stuff it's quite like psychedelic for one of them isn't like it's kind of trippy yeah i know what you mean like just, when yeah. that final thing comes in it was supposed to be kind of like dun, dun, it's like hypnotic yeah it's meant to be kind of jazzy and yeah and funky yeah that sounds great Thank um you. so we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna talk about sorry Next. Woof. (laughs) (laughs) You may have heard us talk about Tape It before, and if you haven't, then let me fill you in, as they are the sponsor of today's episode with a fantastic offer for you. Tape It is an iPhone recording app made by musicians for musicians. Many of our guests on Take Notes, music industry friends and listeners rely on voice notes to record their early ideas. People like the Lumineers, Ezra Collective and Fred again have all shared recordings with us made on voice notes. But what you wouldn't have heard are the long pauses where they're searching for those recordings. We wouldn't want to put you through that. As you can understand, organising and finding the right notes, let alone a specific part, can be a nightmare. Tape It solves all of that voice memo chaos with intuitive labelling features, including automatic instrument detection, markers and collaborative mixtapes, meaning you can share band practices, organise set lists and brainstorm ideas with co-writers and band members. Plus, you can record straight from your lock screen and attach text and photo notes to each recording. One of our favourite features within Tape It Pro is that you can record in stereo using two microphones along with gentler dynamic compression to give a much more natural sound than any of the usual apps. It's a huge upgrade to the microphone and all-round audio quality. It really helps support the podcast whenever you engage with our sponsors. So if Tape It sounds like an app you'd use, then do us a favour. Pause the episode, head to the link in a recent episode show notes, or visit tape.it forward slash tape notes and give Tape It a go. That's tape.it forward slash tape notes. You can download for free or use the promo code tape notes for 50% off Tape It Pro. Thank you. And now on with the show. Did you do it? Honestly, Tape It is fantastic. All of the Tape Notes team members are complete converts. And excitingly, some of our guests have started to use it as well. So I really would recommend checking it out. So now we're going to talk about Sorry, also from Build a Problem, of course. Um, But before that, I wanted to find out when you two started working together, because you alluded to it a couple of times about, you know, nudging Dodie to bring her clarinet to the session. (laughs) And yeah, how did it come about? Josh introduced us, right? Yeah, I actually had the smoothest introduction to a manager of my life with Josh because I was in a. Oh, Josh yeah. works at uh, also works at Dodie's label, and I was in Sony, which is where his label is. And my manager was like, "Oh, look, oh, this is Josh, Dodie's manager." And I was like, "Hey, nice to meet you. How are you feeling?" He's like, "Oh, 
got a bit of a cold actually and I gave him a lamb sip. <laughs> I just happened to have a lamb sip in my breast pocket. Oh, yeah. It was like the in smoothest thing ever. And, I was like, and he was like, oh, and I was like, see you next week. And then, <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Uh, yeah. Like a handkerchief. And now, and now, yeah, now we're firm friends. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, yeah, about a week later, I met Josh and Dodie came in here. Mm. and um, We just got on so well. We just mm. talked forever. Yeah. Yeah, well, so we did two songs on Dodie's last EP. Yeah, I was kind of shopping around <laughs> to produce <laughs> And um, I worked with a variety of people. But yeah, me and Joe made something that I just loved, um, Human and Monster. Yeah. And so, yeah, wanted to. Those back. two songs are kind of like the, almost like the template for the record really yeah like, yeah even like the end of monster when it's all referring to special girls like monster has mm, that vibe at the end yeah. lots of vocals and lots of like, i was i was just really struggling to find the balance between being a pop artist and being a kind of bedroom indie artist and i think joe did really well at showing me i could do both and all um yeah thanks, yeah. thanks <laughs> but it's tricky isn't it especially when uh, you've merged in the way that you have where to a certain extent a lot of it is controlled by you mm. and you're kind of directing it and developing it yourself but at the same time you also realize that in order to develop it further you need to yes. meet some other people and then how do you do that and yeah who are they yeah. and are they the right kind of people yeah. i think i was very protective over my music for a long time i couldn't find a, a way to kind of let go of the idea that it should all come from me and yeah i think i was just very like kind of gatekeeping but it's also part of the process is like you know, empowering Dodes to be able to mm. do the thing that she wants to do. Joe's very supportive when it comes to that kind of thing. Well, like he, just from the, well, we're here now. For, well, I guess we'll get into strings and stuff. Yeah. But just that idea when Dodie had never conducted or sort of arranged for, I can't remember how many strings we had in it in 15, I think. 13. 13. Yeah. But yeah, and she's like, oh, I guess we'll have to get like an orchestra to do it. It's like, no, you don't have to. You can do it. Mm. Clearly. Mm. And it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. You can do it yourself. That's uh, 100, no, 100%. She's more than capable. Yeah. yeah. Obviously. But right. like, but it's also, like I said, it's kind of like being able to get out. I don't know. I think that's the important thing with mm. working with artists in general is just sort of getting out of the way when they want to do their thing, but also help them achieve what they can't yeah. do on their own. I keep saying it, but there is a depth that I couldn't have by myself that Joe adds that I'm very, yeah, thanks. <laughs> it just, <laughs> it just makes it so much, combo. yeah, it just elevates it into something that I couldn't do alone. Yeah. Yes. Very interesting. Well, maybe we should hear that section of sorry that you yeah. alluded to, and then we'll start talking about the song. And I didn't want to believe such a monster in me. And I know I've always known in the end I'd be sorry. And that's all I am now, that's all I can be. So beautiful. Ah, sumptuous strings is how I've described them in my notepad. Wow. Sumptuous. Uh, sumptuous, definitely. And the vocals sound fantastic as well. They, they match up so well. And it's interesting. So, Joe, you were saying that Dodie wanted to put the strings on the song, that you had that in your mind. 
you assumed, Dodie, that you would have to turn to somebody else who would maybe write those parts or orchestrate that for you. But, Joe, you felt that Dodie could actually do it herself. Now, um, we already learned that clarinet was your first instrument, or, mm-hmm. sorry, recorder was your first instrument, <laughs> then clarinet. So have you got a very strong musical background in terms of education? A little bit, yeah. Mm. Um, the clarinet helped in terms of sight reading and, and understanding music. And um, as you may or may not know, when you, when you take over grade five or grade six, I think you have to accompany that with grade five music theory. And that really helped a lot, actually, and also taking music in school. So that kind of gave me the technicalities and ability to communicate to more classically trained people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you had that kind of training without necessarily possibly even realising it at the time that yes. you were acquiring these skills and this knowledge that you could apply. Yeah. It's so funny how much you resent it when you're doing it. You're like, oh, yes, no one else is doing this. And how uncool it is in school. Like when you're in school, people kind of bash you for doing anything at all. So yeah, yeah. learning learning music and theory was annoying i did kind of secretly like it though i think i always did um but yeah so much of school was about composition and we learned to compose on sibelius um so that's how i learned but yeah for scoring these strings honestly like i talk about it a lot and it does sound very impressive but i really think anyone could do it like all it is is kind of arranging in terms of like vocal i think a lot of musicians do vocal arrangements and add like you know beds of their voices and that's all this is except you translate it into to strings instead also so just to you know point out when we first met you'd just gone on a european tour with mm. with your cellist and yes. player, right yes and it was just the three of you yes and so we the- kind of worked out like how they could support me in terms of like playing all of the parts yeah so i guess we were doing a lot of arranging but it's also like then. i'm saying it more to point out that like strings has been a big part of mm. what you've been doing for a while anyway rather mm. than it wasn't just like a oh shit i want to put loads of yes. this on my record it just became a, a bigger I, version yeah. of that i always said i wanted strings because it's nice that you say that my voice sounds really nice but there was an intensity in this song that i really wanted to get across but i just can't do because i don't have one of those voices so there's a part where my voice kind of I want everything to swell and be really overwhelming and I want to yell out the word sorry and have it echo in. But if you take away the strings and the rumble and all of that, it's just me sort of, you know, like it's quite airy. It's I'm trying to add an intensity, but my vocal cords just can't do it. So strings really add the intensity that I could never bring with my voice. So I've always said I wanted strings and, and this is <laughs> this is that, but in full force, I think. Yeah, but then possibly because your voice is that way, it lends a different quality to the final result because mm. it isn't overpowered, yeah. as it were. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, it's a nice effect of that. Yeah, so, which maintains the kind of intimacy that you achieve with so many of your songs, you know, that kind of one-to-one effect that people feel when they're listening to your music. And Sorry is interesting in terms of how it starts as a song, mm. in terms of how it builds up because you don't sense necessarily when it first comes on the album especially the first time you listen to it that it's going to go where it it Mm. goes necessarily joe really smashed that i cannot express enough how much i love the way sorry starts like i wanted it to be roomy almost like a voice memo kind of sound like i've just left a microphone and which is literally how we did i guess so but you seem to craft it so well Well, you place microphones yeah we were sat in rack and I hadn't heard this song yet, I don't think. I think you played me a little bit of it. Well, I guess because it came, obviously, like, how do you even begin to write, like, <laughs> that? It came in parts. So, like, the first demo was obviously just me and the guitar. 
and then it ends at a point and I'm like right I know that I need to get from one key to another here because I wanted those songs to kind of flow together and I was like I will work that out but for now I just have this this guitar demo are we able to hear that oh yeah sure I just woken up. <laughs> like a fired gun. Bleeding out. And it was done. There was the end. I couldn't find. Found too late. level of atmosphere on this recording you know, mm. there's a lot of room ambience mm. which i loved and yeah. I, I wanted to keep that Oop. oh that's <laughs> me trying to figure out the other <laughs> part because i couldn't play it on the guitar yeah. clearly i'm in a different place so this is later yeah this is how i kind of translated the huge like swirling with just chords that's all i like a lot of movement. But this is great to hear because this is your first attempt to try and translate the next mm. part of the song mm. just on your own, which is, that illustrates how hard it is. You know, when you have this idea, you're trying to work it out. Yeah, it's... Like, I knew what I wanted. I just hadn't made it yet. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's nice that we, well, we So, yeah, sort of hearing that where it was in the first one, I think I I was keen to just use that to open it. And I think you were like, no. <laughs> so we did it off click and kind of intentionally left the gaps in between the vocals. So there's, like, lots of space mm. um, and kind of intentionally left that. We did it again in rack. We actually, the first version of it, had Dodie walking down the stairs at Rack. So you could hear hear her walking down and where the mics were placed, you could hear it sort of go across the stereo field. That felt a bit indulgent, so we got rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you still have that? I do, yeah, hang on. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, we can indulge now. <laughs> yeah, well, we, yeah, we wanted to be one of those artists who, like, you know, Fantastic. goes in. I, I also think there's an end bit where I walk up the stairs and I close yeah. the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm done processing now. Here's uh, how it used to start. And you like pick up the guitar. <laughs> Wipe a tear. I think you, turn, you put the guitar down at the end as well. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's a great effect. <laughs> but the, yeah, so the whole idea was like, okay, well, we like how 
that was. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just want it to sound like it's in the room. Yeah, like so raw. So her playing, that's just you and there's no mole track to that. Mm. It's just uh, Dodie playing the guitar and singing on top of it. Yeah, yeah we should hear that. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that is basically what you're hearing. So That's like, that's the whole thing. Mm. So it's you, all based around the core of that. You added a, a chorus onto my guitar in the second verse that yes. just opens it up a little bit. Which is this guy. Yeah, the first one is literally just acoustic mic'd, right? Yes. So yeah, we don't go into like any actual sort of multi-track spot vocals until mm. that chromatic section, which is the bit that we played at the beginning mm. of the thing. So, it says so much, I think. The song is meant, obviously, vulnerable and honest. I think it's meant to be like everything is stripped away and this is like the rawness of yeah. just sitting plain and accepting. Yeah. I think it must be hard to achieve that very, very quiet mm-hmm. sound yes. in such a way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this quiet. is like an on. Well, it's not. I get asked quite a lot about how we manage to do that because mm. Dodie does sing very quietly. Mm-hmm. She have lots of stories about how she has to deal with that on tour and when playing shows and stuff. Yes. Truthfully, it's basically it's around how Dodie sings and how close she can get on mic. The technical aspect of it, I can deal with, but. Like there's a lot of denoising and stuff to get to get that intimate thing, but the whole thing is about the vocal. I think mm. it's the loudest thing that you can get, but mm. she also performs it very softly. So it's kind it's of it's kind of a nice effect, though. There is a lot of noise on the record because yeah. of how quiet my voice is, but I really like it. I've yeah. always loved a song with like air mm. <laughs> or the room or static or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm. Well, it takes us back to that demo where mm. you really have that quite loud room ambience mm. um but it does create <laughs> <laughs> but it does create that intimacy yeah you know mm. um, well, there's a song that we can we talk about songs that we're not going to play yeah of course yeah. so the song that is coming out on friday is uh called i kiss someone and it's uh, that we use the demo vocals on that and you can hear Dodie's housemates in the background, mm. like at the beginning of the record. But that's what we used. That's I had an idea intro. for a song, and I didn't want to tell them to shut up, so I was just like, "Oh, fine, I'll just record it with them in it, and then redo it later." But then I really like the sound of it because it's kind of eerie. It's like a party going on in the yeah. other room, and you feel very isolated. And it says so much, so we kept it. <laughs> yeah, interesting. And the downside, or possibly the upside, of yeah, of shared accommodation. It's just so funny how like you're taught that like you know there's a right way to record things it has to be completely clean and compressed and Mm -hmm. you know in a certain kind of room and yet the irony is there are so many plugins to try and like recreate those organic sounds exactly like oh let's add this and add noise and blah 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 when really you could just you know sit with a bosch microphone in a noisy room and record something and it could sound great there's like a bunch of percussion on the record that's just like on a iphone or Or a tupperware yeah (laughs) yeah and you just basically you're kind of making it shittier because mm. <laughs> it says, says, actually saves you time yeah. doing it in the box and it's so personal it adds a uniqueness yeah for sure it does it's not just like using any, the same samples that everyone else can get mm-hmm. so the transition and bringing in of the rest of the instrumentation and that difficult transition that you were trying to attempt yes. on your piano <laughs> how did you approach that then joe and so, what was the solution so the elements of the record so you have Dodie's performance up until when it gets really the big section when she yells sorry. So that's just the performance that we did at Rack. It's been heavily cut up because we sort of time compressed stuff. and mm. So basically it wasn't really finished when we did it at Rack. <laughs> so we're like, let's give ourselves enough leeway to be able to make it how it needs to be yeah. afterwards. Are we able to hear a bit of that? Yeah, so that's your... I'll go from the sort of chromatic bit. So this is obviously Dodie's... Oh. 
that's the core performance of it. Should we go to, to the big bit with this? Yeah, I'm interested in it. Did I just stop? Did I strum the guitar chords? I think I, think I did. did yeah. We cut it off though. Yeah, I think we might have faded it out. No, you do actually. Oh yeah, I just strum it. And then we've got the next bit goes in. It's just you playing the guitar. Oh my god, you know what I want? So with that note, sorry, I really wanted it to be like, da da, like no, like please, I'm so sorry. I wanted to yell, but I couldn't get it. We spent a session. I was like jumping up and down, being like, all right, Joe, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna bell. Let's go. And then I would just stand in the corner of the room and just go, it's sorry. <laughs> and it sounded terrible. And I was like, oh my god, no one can ever hear this. And Joe was like, but I'll just put it behind everything. So it is it. in there, right? Well, that's I, it's somewhere. Oh yeah, it's hit all, all these Okay, guys. here we go. Do it, do it. That sounds fine. Yeah. But like it's raw. It's distorted and... Oh, you want us to hear it raw? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is... Oh, God. It's just... <laughs> so that's layers of Dodie doing all of that and then distorted and compressed and delayed and it sounds great but there's also a layer in there that's your i still took that from the original performance as well and sort of mm. laid it up but that chromatic section we keep talking about the main progression that comes from that is all of the vocals that are added right oh yeah because then you have all these guys which kind of and you can hear the strings in the background so this is after we did strings yeah. And I know I've always known in the end I'd be sorry. And that's all I am now, and it's all I can be. So it oh, just I gets more that. and more intense as it goes on. And then you've got Ross doing all the rumbles as well. Oh, there's a great video of me sitting on the floor <laughs> in the pool. Just like bodily acting it out. I'm like I'm like trying to lean forward to get the dynamics across. Because I wanted to like have it build over these sections, like yeah. In the end, I'd be sorry, and that's all I am now. And then obviously just keep building, then a rumble, and then an explosion. Sub bass come in there. Oh yeah, that was a really good shout. Just added again that bed. We were quite inspired by um, that Rex Orange County song, Pluto Projector, that has that delicious sub bass against an orchestra. It just adds so much. Yeah, it's the sub against the orchestra thing, isn't it, really? Mm. Oh, we recorded piano here as well. Oh, yeah. Is it in it? Yeah. There's a studio up in Tired Education that... My friend Sean has a piano there, which is... It was actually quite problematic because it was quite noisy, but it sounds like that, mm. which is so felty and like... But we wanted it for another song called When, which... Is next. Next. Yeah. That so was, it goes... Yeah. It was yes. supposed to come in in the outro of this. and They it, kind of overlap a little, don't they? Mm. Yeah, we well, should talk about your string mm. thing. We should listen to the strings of this, though, right? Sure, yeah. So there are 13 instruments. I think... Two violin parts, two viola parts, two cello parts, and a double bass part. But some of the violin parts double stop because I wanted more notes. (laughs) 
God, this sounds so much better than MIDI. Like in context. Ah, I love it so much. It just bursts through, and there's that like echo of the. Yeah. Which is so distorted. There's a favourite chord that I remember I wrote and Will was like, is this right? Like, are these accidentals right? I was like, yeah, yeah, listen. Yeah. It's so crunchy. Because it like, it's tension and then it's release. Yeah, so there's a big part of this record. Six or seven songs? Six songs. Seven, six songs. They all lead into themselves. Mm. Yeah. Which is what Dodie had scored basically mm-hmm. so like there's two pieces of they're basically just strings isn't there mm. so it sort of knits it all together mm. these strings this drone overhangs oh we do have you leaving mm. oh yeah yeah that is there and the string section do they involve any of the people who'd worked with you before mm-hmm. or yeah so my violinist will harvey runs an orchestra called parallax orchestra and he basically just curated, he says, the best string players in London. Um, it's also the fact that they're not all 50, which I think, which <laughs> I'm not, no, no shade to... This isn't an ageist loaded no question. No, of course, no, no, but it's no shade to strings, but, the, but like, yeah. there's a, I think there's like a hang-up with, back to what we were sort of discussing 10 minutes ago, is a, there's a hang-up that only, it's kind of unachievable to young artists to actually work with mm. orchestras. I think that's mm. very good. Yeah. And Will's very I'm good so at I'm so lucky kind of... I had access to this. Yeah, I yeah. really feel like everyone should try it because it was a life-changing experience. Yeah. Like truly the most incredible feeling. But they're also, because of the Will's nice and knows Dali and knows how, <laughs> how she'll get on with people that, yeah, it was just mm. very nice, wholesome day it wasn't yeah. like nobody was getting impatient or anything like yeah, that. yeah everyone was really nice considering you know they were all classical artists and they're used to playing in a certain way and then mm-hmm. i'd come along with my printed out sibelius sheets was probably wrong rhythmic patterns and articulation and yeah they were all just very nice about it and played it so beautifully so yeah. beautiful and in a way with build a problem the second half of the album is a second thing it's a world unto itself mm. and you you were saying joe that dodi scored mm all of these songs, because they all blend into each other. Mm. It's like um, a 15, 20 minute section of the yeah. record that you're supposed, you know, it's intended to listen. Seamless. It, yes. Yeah. It's like a suite. But what's interesting is that the way you combine all the different elements, there's still the kind of solo you element at points. So say on the track seven, which I think is just seven, but that's kind of <sighs> you humming. Oh, um, yeah. So there's it's like a little interludes that are kind of just you, but then they segue into the fuller arrangement, it's really well connected together in that way, you know, maintaining that element, but still introducing all these other elements as well, Yeah, which I think is a difficult thing to do. Sure. You know, it's, it's hard to get that balance right. It wants to feel as ambitious as Dodie currently feels, or did in 2019 when we finished it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> even more ambitious now. <laughs> no, but it's in like, but it's still retained the, like when, and Rainbow, the vocals were done in your bedroom. Mm. Mm-hmm. I went to Dodie's, mm. This is pre-pandemic, mm. but I went to Dodie's bedroom and we recorded in there and we also did some gang vocals in her front room <laughs> with a couple of people. So like it was, we want to maintain what is good about, you know, basically what you do every day is like filming for Instagram mm. or for YouTube or whatever. Mm. And a lot of people really like that. So like we don't want to mess with that too much, make it too, mm. take it too far from that, but do the bits that yeah. your ambitious side as well. 
Yeah, I like the mixture of everything. Like I think I said before, but I was struggling with what I wanted to be, like who I wanted to be. Was I a, a clean pop artist or was I a sort of indie bedroom online kind of person? And then when I realized I could do both and all, it just opened everything up to me. And that's, yeah, that's why this album is such a mixture of everything. But I love it. I really think it works to have, yeah, all of that. Yeah, you yeah. basically go from Dodie humming into her iPhone in a bedroom yeah. to like a Sorry, string, string section. section. In, yeah. Yeah. Recorded in. To like bass and drums. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, in terms of nice. these spaces, have you been moving around a lot or has there been a consistency in where you've been living that a certain atmosphere has been maintained? You know, when you went to record Joe, mm -hmm. was it the same place that you'd done your demos in? Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, there probably is an element of travel. Like, I think that sorry, um, before the line, which we'll talk about the demo, I wrote it in LA, just in someone's flat. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of voice memos, and maybe, maybe that works really well, and, and we add it on. But yeah, mostly, I would say, when we say a bedroom, there's a a flat I I live in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And is it a big room or is it a no? <laughs> oh, like a bit bigger than this. Maybe? Yeah, I'd say so. Maybe about the same size, actually. This Bog is four metres by four metres. Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably around that. You've got the Just a bedroom. Stats. I'm obsessed with studio, studio sizes. <laughs> I'll bet. Well, but yeah. it's an interesting thing, especially when you're listening to a podcast. So it's yeah. just audio and people can't necessarily see the studio. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah like, you know, like this. <laughs> so, but, but at the same time, the ambience and the atmosphere and the sound of a studio is so crucial. Yeah, it's the, it's the sort of panicky moment if I ever think about moving is whether it's going to be the same it'll take thing. a while people seem to like this spot it is really so. you the only thing I don't like is that there's no window yeah yeah studios are I think there's like some voodoo to it that is like you don't want to mess with it if it was working but yeah. it's well maintained it doesn't have a dusty quality to it Joe you, know, you haven't looked hard enough John <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because sometimes you go into studios and they have their own yeah. special quality to them well things can't get dusty if they're used all the time right mm. Yeah. So make, just make, so, sure, yeah. Just make sure you use it. Yeah. Excellent. Um, well, Sorry evolves in mm -hmm. such a, a great way. And we've mapped out a lot of that evolution. Um, before we move away from Sorry to talk about another one of the songs from the album, maybe we could hear the song again. And yeah. From the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go from the, the more quiet beginning. Yeah. Happen fast like a fired gun. Just know that my hand was Bleeding cramping up. so hard playing this guitar because it's a You're guitar with so a rubber so bridge mad. and steel strings, so my uh, you have to press really hard. I've got a memory of you not really not wanting to do this there at this point. <laughs> I think just because it was so hard to get the guitar clean. And also you'd not played the chromatic bit on your... Yeah, I didn't on, know how. Because you'd just done it on keys before. Yeah. I think I probably messed up and you patched me in. Maybe. <laughs> Let me go back. Show me... I love these rumbles. The string trends. So I'd really know Just what it looks like and then it clears. <laughs> that sounds so filming to me. Find, found to Jamie, who did the string 
engineering. So that sounds so good. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. Just on MIDI, it just sounded yeah, and then we're into terrible. The... I was like, I think this will work. I'm trusting. Imagine if it kept playing. <laughs> it's another key change. Just keep going. And when were you writing this? Did you have any particular references? No, in terms of, no, was there a musical or a soundtrack or another artist's album that mm. you were thinking of? Because it conjures up lots mm. of different things, I think. You know, it could be a musical or it yeah. could be from a film. I don't, I don't think there was anything specific. Definitely, I would say, filmic, musical-inspired. Mm. The only, like, soundscape reference we had was, yeah, Pluto Projector. Yeah. I love the way this sounds. That's Will playing violin there. You can hear him. And he's a bit sharp, but it's so sad. I love it. Just adds this, like, whine. Does he not like it? No, he loves it. Okay. He's like, oh, it's Because it's too late now, Will. It's too late. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> yeah, and then this drone carries on as and when... You can hear you walking away. Yes, you can. All right. Mm. Is that still in there, then? Yeah. Yeah. Well, instead of going into when, <laughs> we're going to take a break. When will we take a break? Right now. So now we're going to have a look at Before the Line, which is the closing track on the album. And before we dig into it, we're going to hear a section from it. You just described this as the, as the kind of manic section. Angry. <laughs> Angry. Yes. Yeah. Yelling it's where does. I think my... I guess I'm almost, like, suppressing. And then I think this is where I really indulge in those really angry thoughts and I think you hear that it kind of takes a turn yeah now every morning since the light between my lives I greet the sun and ask have I already died if not then why am I alone when can I come home and I am lying when I say it's time to let her float away No, I'm still glowing for the street Oh, I'd do any fucking thing I know I have to close the door Too much to miss it anymore I think that this really is it I'll have to take what I can get I'll have to take What I can get What I can get So Dodie gets angry and really swears. pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Excellent. Yeah. So what was making you so angry? <laughs> well, um, it's funny because at no point do I sing the word before the line, but um, it's something I say a lot. I think a lot of people can relate. I feel like I'm sure you have it, but in your life you might have a line of before and after where something traumatic happened or maybe a multitude of things, and then you just see the world differently. Um, for me... This song is a lot about a condition I have called depersonalization. I talk about it a lot, but essentially it's a condition where you feel very spaced out a lot of the time. And there was this traumatic year and then I experienced these symptoms and I haven't managed to get rid of them. I just feel very disconnected now. And I was very angry about it for a while and that anger turned into depression, which wasn't very nice. And then I managed to kind of like get through my depression and now I work with it. But... 
a way to to handle stop being depressed is by accepting and yeah accepting where you are and accepting that I have this condition and life is just different now and that's fine but I think this song is about just letting all of those negative feelings rise to the surface and and feeling whatever you need to feel of like fuck this shit <laughs> I hate it I hate it and yeah in in that I guess bridge I say I'm I'm lying when I say it's time to let her float away it's like I'm lying when I'm like it's okay I don't mind this is how I am now it's okay and then I go I'm still clawing for the strings um I do any fucking thing and it's true like I think in my darkest moments I'm like I would do anything I would do anything I want to resist I want to push back I hate that I am this way like let me go back to before the line yeah so that's why this song is a little darker yeah it's just a feeling I think I probably explore the same feeling but in in different ways like in special girl I kind of laugh it off and I'm like oh well this is just how I am and then a lot of other songs about how it comes into play and then this particular song is just letting it all sink and yeah being pretty pissed off about it yeah and is that how you were when you made the demos in a way you made those demos because you wanted to get that out yeah I think so yeah I don't even know if I was maybe I was in a depressive episode while making this I'm sure I had to be in order to access those kinds of things it's it's interesting to kind of write in a certain mode and then maybe return to it when I'm in a better place and go Christ <laughs> and then I guess that's why like the lyrics become so complex and like move through feelings because I I come back to it in different mindsets and I would say in different truths it's almost like a different person is writing the song which yeah luckily builds it to be this yeah, vast thing. I think I'm exploring a topic complexly. Yeah, yeah. It'll be really good to hear the demos for this. Sure, yeah. So um, this is on a friend's guitar, I think, somewhere in LA. Oh, <coughs> I think I was ill. <laughs> a while ago, though, so don't worry. Yeah, this was pre-COVID. This is It was, yeah. 2019. What was taking you to LA at that point? I think post-touring. Right. I think, I think I had bronchitis that whole tour. But I liked the huskiness it gave my voice. Yeah, you sound like Macy Gray. <laughs> I love it. And so I stretch my eyes across the land and sea. I know I loved the world, but now it's flat to me. My guitar's in a sort of botched tuning. I think I asked Instagram. I was like, I just want to retune my guitar. What should I try? It's Someone... like drop C, isn't it? It's drop C. There's also like a random F in there. <laughs> I know. I break it every day. It's not my fault for I was promised just the same. Once I so and all I know is something happened. Did I let it go? I love, um, that happens a lot in my songs where I write in the same key but minor and major. I usually switch it to minor in the choruses and then go back to that. I greet the sun and ask, have I already died? If not, then why am I alone? 
can I come home? And I am lying when I say it's time to let her float away. No, I'm still calling for the I love Sabbath. It really just jabs out. No, we have to close the door. Too much to miss it. And if I think that I'll have to take what I didn't know what I was doing here. I'll have to take what I can get. I have to take. Still got that though. I know I wanted a pause of some kind. I need a pause, but I break it every day. It's not my fault for I was promised just to save one size of fire and all I need is something happened. Did I let it go? That's pretty fully realised though, isn't it? The song. I mean you were playing through the whole mm. song. Now in comparison to some of the other demos, you know, you, you had a fuller mm. vision of it at that point. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I didn't really realise that, <laughs> but I guess so. Um, yeah, I think I struggled with the um, after that sort of big build. I didn't know what to do then. Again, it was a struggle with my voice. I wanted that to kind of be shouted out. I made a promise, but I made. I wanted to like belt it, but I couldn't. And so whenever I went up the octave after that lower octave chorus, it just never felt right. But we did it, <laughs> and it feels great now. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So what happened then? So from that demo. So, yeah, Dodie, did you buy the guitar in that LA trip? Yeah. Yeah, I did. So yeah. Dodie has his guitar, which is a, it's nylon strung, right? No, it's steel strung, but with a rubber over the, what is that called? It's, it's like, yes, yeah, it's, it's kind is of the, the bridge? bridge. It's the bit where the, the strings, the strings are, are on the body by yeah. the sound hole. It's, so it's that, There's a that shop piece of wood. In LA called Old Style. Yeah. Also, this guitar is used in so many people's. I feel like it's really like everyone's addicted to this sound now. Yeah, it's like one guy that makes it. If you yeah. go onto his website, it just goes onto his personal Facebook page because <laughs> <laughs> I tried to buy one. But yeah, basically the bit on the bridge is wrapped in rubber, so you get this very like muted sound. Sounds like a cello. Yeah, well, I would usually use a bit of foam for underneath right. the bridge to, to mm. achieve, but we tried loads of that. I bought like a thing for a bass that you can wrap around the strings and it was too dead. Mm. We tried loads of stuff and then Dodie eventually went to LA on tour and bought the thing that did that. So there, yeah, then we came in here and we tracked it in here not to a click mm. mm -hmm. and I split the signal four different ways. So it had her on mic and then there was a load of room mics obviously. It's like three or four of them and then it went through a bass amp and I think I distorted it through a mic amp as well mm. just to kind of because we knew that was going to be the core and then I wanted to ride different bits into different sections so when it's more angry you could bring up the lower distorted bass thing mm. and it went through another ramp as well so it did this yeah. sort of stereo thing there are two pickups on the guitar yes yeah. so yeah we took both those and then just kind of put them in different double <laughs> penetration <laughs> <laughs> nope <laughs> are we able to hear yeah that? Uh, let me find it hang on that's sort of the main mic, which had been close to her. Yeah, that sounds like just a... And then you've got the room, which is... Whoa. Cool. I think one of them's out, slightly out of phase. Did we not do it to a click? Nope. Yeah, look at the look at the tempo map. It's like all over oh, the yeah, tempo map. And then there was the bass amp one, which is like... I love that one. 
it's just so it's the same thing just going through all these different Mm -hmm. and then it goes through a guitar amp as well which is that Kemper wow and then all together you've got so full yeah but also again it's kind of finding creative ways to go around the fact that that's a very quiet instrument yeah and you don't want to just take one source and amp it up you kind mm. of yeah you want to split loads of different ways and try and find ways to make it that is that really interesting though because when i was listening to it on the record for the first few times i, I just couldn't work out what kind of guitar is this how do yeah. they get that sound but because you're actually you know using the sound and changing it or kind of giving it different options in yeah. a way but then putting it all back together for sure it's like a baritone guitar kind of but also acoustic <laughs> and kind of nylony mm. yeah and maybe a bass <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how i would describe yeah. it i love it yeah. but just played the once and just played mm. so played once we did actually did it quite a lot on this record like when's not to a click mm. um sorry is not to a click before the line is not to a click i think because i i really like yeah I, the click can be so restrictive sometimes especially when you're like trying well, to feel through all of these it's when you songs. it's not necessarily the bits that are you know like in going back to sorry quickly is like there's moments where Dodie's singing and then there's a big gap mm. and but that gap is based on feel not based on like a meter of a song no completely i also think in this song there's a bit i remember there being a gap and yeah. we sort of nudged it you know i was like it's not long enough yeah oh, it's too long continually. now continually yeah yeah yeah. right yeah which is this is it this gap yes what i can get what i can I mean, it's perfect. It's the perfect game. Bloody ages. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's great that you were able to do that, to, to yeah. play around with that. Yeah, so then our tempo map around things mm. to basically to be able to program and do what we need to do. Mm. I mean, mainly it's, to be honest, it's to do with string recording when we, mm. we need to give people click and tempo and be able to bar things out. So we recorded that and then, and then we built everything. Did we oh, do the yeah. vocals then? Oh, should we say our, our sneaky thing with this song? When you oh, say yeah. it. But that came that sort of came later though. It did, yeah. Basically this song has elements of every song on the record buried in it. So wow. so that drone that you hear that starts the song is the drone that starts the record. Yeah. It's yeah, from and a song so called sweet. So, sweet. so this is the sound that starts the record. Oh god, we mm. get to go through every single one now, don't we? <laughs> yes. Gotta run through the whole album. Yeah. <laughs> but there's some there's you know, more bits and other. This is quite central to this song because it's sort of like pins and everything. Thank you. And then there's the there's, there's the window. The window from, from Special Girl. Special Girl. That actually works so well. Just oh, there. love it. Just reverbed out a bit. So where have you put these bits? So in? that drone is throughout. That starts. Yeah. To, you can kind of hear the beginning of the song starts like. So that is um from question mark yeah we just tuned it i love it so much it's like slightly out as well so it's very yeah. eerie and then we've fun got... fact this note is the same key as my electric toothbrush <laughs> 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 i notice every time i'm brushing my teeth i'm like <laughs> and yeah those that, like... that um window hit in special girl goes into the come on and i am lying and then we have some vocals from guiltless Cool. Which is inverse to a guiltless, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. So you get like. Oh, and I am lying. Wow, I forgot about that. Yeah. 
Oh, there's like something. Is it the like autotune thing from Hate Myself? Yeah. The vocoder. This. And it adds a sort of growl onto my vocals in yeah. this, which I love. So this is the effect from I Hate Myself. So that's a vocal effect I, I would, use and hate myself. I'm so glad because I would never. If Joe was like, oh, we should add like a vocoder type thing here, I'd be like, no. But because we like, you were like, I'll just try it. But underneath everything, it just adds like a. Oh, man. Can you remember when we were adding it? Because I had this idea that that's what we were going to yeah, do. Yeah. And we were like running at this deadline. And we were in here at like 11.30 <laughs> eating Wagamama's, watching like <laughs> Mr. Beast on yeah. YouTube. <laughs> and I was getting more and more stressed out because my computer wasn't doing what I wanted it to yeah. do. And Dodie was being really sweet and just being like, oh, is it going to be okay? And I was oh, just that's nice. fucking <laughs> like, That's not an memory I had. <laughs> I was like, I think you need to go home. And you're like, okay, okay, well, call me. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. So that, it's kind of giving me <laughs> flashback. Uh, yes, this is from Boys Like You, which is just a hit, I think. Mm. And then there's a hang drum from I Kiss Someone. Yeah. And the rain noise from I Kiss Someone as well. Cool. It adds so much depth that you would never, so I'd never add. In context, it's like. To miss it anymore, I think that this really is it. And then Uke Rises from Four Tequilas. Oh, amazing. Just in a different key, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the Shriek from Sorry. Oh, yeah, did you reverse it? Yeah, reverbed out and tremolo and stuff. Oh, man. A piano from when? Because it's in the right, right key. Nice times. I greet the sun. Wow. Oh, yeah, I remember recording Cool Girl and being like, oh, Joe. I yeah. know it's really late in the game, but we've got another song to have Yeah, in. and this is this right. bit. And so... Apart from the um, all the Easter eggs, yeah, yeah. Apart from, the... <laughs> but they add so much. They, yeah. they really build. It but up. they fulfil another purpose. You wanted to uh, add some grit and other little bits that somehow gave mm. a, a greater depth to mm. the sound picture mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of before the line. Mm-hmm. And this was a solution to that. Yeah, it's just basically the the final sort of process of finishing a song. I think it's like your all your ear candy moments and making the record mm. kind of shine. Mm. But it basically, it was like a cheat code way of doing, doing But that also, it says so much, because this song is about kind of like sinking into a darker place. And I think all of these elements, all of these feelings kind of like wash over and overwhelm you and they all play a part in making you feel <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fascinating. But we haven't heard the string surges. The kind no. Of, I want to hear those. So, they, so that big section that comes in, this is just Sophie, Sophie right? yeah. The cellist. I asked her to play as sloppily as possible. And she hated it, <laughs> but she did it so well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's these bits. Yeah, it's sort of double tracked and then spread out. And then I think, I can't remember what I ran it through, but the culture vulture basically just distorted it and mm. screwed it up a bunch. So cool. So it doesn't really sound like a cello, it sounds like an electric cello. Yeah. I love it. And that on, t- on top of a, a bunch of other things, there's a load of bass stuff going on, like bass reverses and bass swells that, mm. that I sort of... Yes, I was really guys. inspired by um, an artist called Ethan Grasper, who uses, yeah, like reversed 
instruments to like add swells. Yeah. Yeah, so you're like falling into each section. Wop. Yeah. And then I think I detuned the cellos as well to make a bass. Yeah. Cool. So that's Sophie just an octave down. Oh, it's so creepy. Yeah, it's all over the place. And we've got more of Ross's rumbles as well. Ah, yes. Yeah. There's like lots of Ross going through space echoes and it's kind of like airy and fluffy and so you can play into that. We do that a lot whilst he's playing live. So processing whilst we're going, so rather than doing it afterwards, be like, give us a hit and then we'll add loads of reverb to it. It's like actually get him to play into it. So it kind of leads into it a bit more. So he can hear that. Yes. Yeah. 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 So he can basically perform with it. That's the kind of idea. Yeah. It's fascinating. When, when I first few times I heard before the line, I it made me think of Scott Walker mm. and Scott's more, you know, the work that he did in the last 20 years of his life, which wasn't loads, but, yeah. um, you know, there was some pretty amazing stuff, but he would go to town in terms of getting big orchestras yeah. to do some of the things that you've created. Mm -hmm. you no, know, but it has that darkness to it because, Scott had a big, loud, bass, almost operatic voice. And I think one of the interesting things is that contrast between some of those kind of effects that you've created with your instrumentation, but then when they're paired with your voice, it gives it a different effect and a different feel and a different meaning, really, you know, mm. which ends up being really, really powerful, more powerful than if you had turned into Scott yeah. Walker or Diamanda <laughs> Gallus or, or something. It kind of almost... It reinforces the fragility of what you're saying and kind of almost undermines the dramaticness of it with you know, some reality in mm -hmm. a way. Mm -hmm. It's funny how held back I feel by my voice. And yet, yeah, I'm glad it is the way it is because it makes it sound the way. I think it's also like quite interesting that we have like kind of, I don't know, goalposts in which to work. We can only do things a certain way with the sound world of this, this album in particular. So like, it's like, oh, how can we use that? If we've only used muted drums so far for the whole record, but we want to go bigger, mm. like how do we go about doing that without adding a big fat snare drum with a massive, <laughs> massive reverb on it, which wouldn't fit. It wouldn't feel very dirty at this particular moment in time. Mm -hmm. Wait until album two. <laughs> but, Absolutely not. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's kind of like given a set of rules and you kind of just have to work, operate within that. So like, for example, what we did with the cellos, you could do like a big electric guitar. Mm. It just wouldn't feel... Right, it wouldn't feel in Dodie's world, so mm. we don't do it. But you get that by sort of like, going, okay, how can we achieve that? We like a cello. We love a cello. <laughs> we love a cello in this house. <laughs> and then, <laughs> we know a cellist. And then, yeah, and we just sort of get it that way. You just come up with novel ways of solving problems. Mm -hmm. Is that a fair thing to say? Yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Excellent. So um, should we hear another section of Before the Line to round, round it off? To get the full effect. Where should we go from? Probably the bit after we just stopped. Sure, yeah. Because it goes into that final chorus. Mm, yeah. I made a promise, but I break it every day. It's not my fault, for I was promised just to say. Once I saw fire, and all I know is something happened. Did I let it go? I made a promise, but I break Such it. Such a heavy sniff in there. 
I think it's on your guitar. I'm breathing. Yeah, yeah when I play, I forget I breathe so loud. But it's in time, so it sounds good. And all I know is something happened. Did I let it go? Once I saw fire. And all I know is something happened. I like this echo, it's like I've been snatched. Did I let it go? Yeah, and then it finishes that drum, which is in the same key as that, so sweet, isn't it? Fantastic. Cyclical. Cyclical. Fantastic. So great to be able to delve into these tracks in this way. But before I let you go, we have a a couple of questions that we always like to ask people. Um, One which is about equipment. And if you have a favourite piece of equipment or a favourite piece of gear that you always turn to or that you couldn't create without. Gosh. My computer. It's such a cop out. I need my computer all the time. Yes. Well, I mean, for this particular record, like that that mic that Dodie's currently on, which is SM7B, that was important because you can get so close to it without. Um, yeah, that was a big part of it. So the mic you're speaking into today yes. is the mic that you sang most of the songs on. Correct. Yes, I think so. But that's also usually being smashed through a CL1B compressor, which sounds really nice. And suits Dodie's voice really well. Mm. So it kind of suits everything. Good to know. Does a sponge yeah. count as equipment? <laughs> yeah. I always put yeah a tiny piece of sponge on whatever I'm playing, like a guitar or a guitar. Oh, my rubber bridge guitar does the trick, but I always want to dampen anything that sounds bright. <laughs> yeah. So where is, is the sponge placement crucial? Where, where do you yeah right place by right by the bottom strings? It just sits on the bridge. Just and ha- have there. you been experimenting with sponges? For a long time, like, is there a particular <laughs> go a to question. go to sponge that you? This is, I, I this is my, basic dish sponge. Uh, Joe's sponge. reaching for a bit yes. of sponge, which there is the one that you originally used, I think. Oh right. wow! Here we have it, guys. This is a oh, <laughs> sounds <hear> great. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit of yellow cut-up sponge and, and a bit of foam. Yeah. See, when you said sponge, I was immediately thinking of bath time. And thinking, oh, yeah, God, a that of, huge thing. A, a, yeah, a sponge from the bath. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a chopped up bit of yeah. that I nicked from the kitchen. So that's all that yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Well, that's fascinating. And when did you learn this trick or when did you discover? Just when I realised that all of my instruments sounded too bright. I think my I'm always aware that my voice can sound too like shrill i know it, it doesn't now because i think i'm older and i've <laughs> spoken really low for so long that it's kind of gotten a lot more low and husky but um yeah i was afraid that everything would sound too whiny and i just loved the sort of muffled dull sound and this did the trick mm. yeah amazing and the other question we like to ask people is about advice what oh. advice would you give to someone or did you receive any advice that you've always treasured or thought was really useful and in turn would like to pass it on. I will go back to what I was talking about earlier, in which there is no right way to do anything. Like, mm. I think scoring, like I I didn't try it for so long because I was convinced that you had to do it a special certain way, but, you know, feel the music and then get the work with someone else to score. Like, it doesn't have to be done in a very strict way. If you're recording in a phone, in a bathroom, mm-hmm. a party, use it. Yeah, I think so. the mess adds to it all, really. Yeah. Um, my piece of advice, the first day I ever worked in a studio, I used to be a runner at a studio called Phoenix, and a guy that I worked with on that day was like, you have to be nice enough so that someone wants to spend 12 hours with you and then make mm. them spend, want to spend another 12 hours with you. 
and don't fart in the control room. <laughs> <laughs> that both is possibly the most crucial piece of advice we've ever had. Both extremely Find strong. a way. Just, yeah, but, you know, be aware. I think basically it basically means be aware of, <laughs> of the, the people that <laughs> you're sharing room with. Yeah. Wow. Don't fart. But farting is a metaphor for everything else that you can do to piss someone else off. You're right. I'm going to keep saying that. You know, just don't fart in a control. Perfect. (laughs) Be aware of people's space. Chris Banks. It's going to be a solid bit of advice. (laughs) Fantastic. It's been so good talking to you both. Thank you very much indeed. This has been so fun. It's been so fun. Thanks for welcoming us into Pixel. Pleasure. um, To experience it all. Absolutely amazing. And we're going to play out with another selection from the album. Mm. Any idea what we should go with? Yeah, there's a song called I Kissed Someone, brackets, it wasn't you, closed brackets. And yeah, I think this sounds perfect. I don't think I could describe what kind of a song it is, really. A mood, it's a vibe. <laughs> it's a hot mood. <laughs> it's a hot mood. <laughs> hot mood. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's, it's, um, I think I wrote it to be a mess. I keep saying that, but it's true. Yeah, this song was written to be drunk, I think. Um, it is a, it is a, drunk it is a mood. Like yeah. we played a bit of the rain that we sampled for before mm. the line in it, but it's, it, that sort of runs throughout. Mm. Where you kind of hear it. There's lots of Foley in it. Yeah. Like there's like a cassette drop at the end of every and chorus. And in contrast to the big bed of strings that we wrote for six of the songs, this one has like, I guess a trio. We actually layered over it, but it kind of has this creepy like string quartet feel mm. with violas as well. So it kind of sounds quite strained and and whiny and yeah coarse. So, uh, yeah, I wanted that because it, it had to be kind of twisted and dark. And, yeah, I think we build it up to this big swirling moment and then cut it off with a little, tch, which is, I guess, implying that you, you can go down a rabbit hole of your drunken thoughts and then sort of dissociate from them really quickly. Excellent. Dodie, Joe, thank you very much. And this is I Kiss Someone, It Wasn't You. Close brackets. <laughs> <laughs> I kiss someone who wasn't you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have a moment, do tell your friends and leave us a review. It all really helps. Thanks to those of you who have already donated to the show. I'm just one part of the team that brings you tape notes. It relies on your support. If you'd like to donate, please head to our website. To ask a question on a future episode or find out who's coming up, Head to our socials and on Instagram you can see pictures from the recording sessions for each episode of Tape Notes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Put me in a car. I just want to go Put me in a car. I forget you are I kiss someone because it's fair What do I tell you, would you care? So deeply hurt you beg for who?